You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anna. I'm here with another one of your hosts, Paul. And we are here today mainly to talk about another year in gaming which is really exciting because this time we are going to jump around again randomly into the year 1992 because we think it's a fun year. Yes, and we we just did zero foresight when we did the first one <laughs> way back, and yeah, here we are. Just, we're just making it work. <laughs> Definitely making it work, and, and we're going to get right deep into it, but before we do so, I just wanted to read off an email that was sent to us in regards to the last episode that we did on a game that clearly Paul and I have talked about a lot and finally did an episode on. Uh, so uh, the message is from Sean Sharp, and I'm not sure if You've ever heard of Sean Sharp, you people out there. I know that uh, Paul, of course, you know who it is, but he is uh, an art director. Uh, he did The Adventures of Willie Beamish, uh, art director on Space Quest V, so jumping into a bit of the Sierra work, uh, Aces Over Europe. Uh, you know, this is, a, this is a guy who knows uh, what he's doing. Uh, so he sent us an email that said, thanks for doing the show, which is cool. That means I guess he listens to us. So thanks, Sean, for listening to our show. Uh, it's always fun talking to folks that were fans or are still playing the games from back in the day. Willie was one of the first games I worked on, and it was a fun introduction to the game industry. Sean. And the lovely little follow-up on that is, let's see, it would sound like the plural of dynamic, so not dynamics. Well, you know. I can, I can believe what I want in my heart, but okay. He said he's going to ask Jeff sometime why they settled on that for the name. So would love to hear if you found out why Jeff settled on that name. And, and I'd love to hear you share that back with us, Sean. Thank you so much for the email. And uh, I hope to hear from you again soon with the answer. Yeah, me too. Thanks, mate. Yeah, that was really cool to get a letter from him because he's uh, obviously had a lot of influence over I mean, I, I guess being the director of art, that's kind of, you know, that just, that, that is influence. That's like your job at that point is to literally influence the direction of the art. But, but you know, obviously had had a lot of um, creative input on, on two of my absolute favorite games, which would be Space Quest V and uh, Willie Beamish. So that's really cool. Thanks for writing, mate. Mm hmm uh, but yeah, back to 1992, it was kind of, it was a nice game uh, that the boxes were, again, fully big and chunky as far as like the Sierra boxes and the ones I have next to me that I've dug out. So not a single one of the skinny ones left in the lot by this year, it would appear. Okay, so the, the full chunk here. All right. Yeah, yeah full chunk. <laughs> so, so that tells us we're we're, we're reaching we're reaching peak adventure in in this regard. Like it's <laughs> adventure games didn't know it, but they had about three years left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor things! I really do feel for them. That you know, just as their egos were getting nice and fat and almost three inches thick, you know, they uh, they got taken <laughs> down a notch or two, and now. You guys, you go down and you buy a DVD case that has the latest and greatest PC game on it and you bring it home and you crack it open and there's like a bunch of numbers and a code and you activate it online and that's the end of looking at the case ever again. 
Yeah, back in my day, game boxes weighed eight pounds and you had to walk them home <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> That's right. I'm holding one in my hand, at least eight, eight and a half. And, you know, there's still a bit of snow damage on the corner. <laughs> Hard to carry them without dropping them. But yeah, beside me, I've got three games that came out in that year, verified by the dates on the back, most likely. Yep, I've got uh, Quest for Glory 3, King's Quest 6, and The Dagger of Amun-Ra, which is is funny. You know, they're all such different games, although they are all a point and click by this time. Yeah, no, they really are. It's, It's, there's, there's, it, it's weird because it's there's a lot of volume here. There's not a ton of like tremendously huge titles uh, compared to the quantity. But uh, what I'm kind of getting at is like arguably Sierra's biggest release and LucasArts is came out in this year, and that's that's super. You know, I, I, that's just like going to inspire arguing to, for me to declare their their biggest games because you know they're 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 not at the same time. It's whatever you think they are, but. I guess King's Quest Six is probably a little more fair to say, like Sierra's biggest release, just because it's like their flagship title and and um, and and kind of the the uh, what do you call it? the majority's favorite in the series, like like the mm-hmm. uh, yeah the magnum opus, the, like the King the for Sierra you'd look at King's Quest and then you'd be like, what's the what's the best King's Quest? And and it's six, and then. On the LucasArts side, you got Fate of Atlantis, which we've done an episode on before, just highlighting the game. If you want to check it out, buddy, do it. Or, you know, mm-hmm. just listen to a small little snippet here. But it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of our discussion in that episode was how it was basically the perfect game. So mm-hmm. maybe not maybe not their biggest release. I'm not, that's, you know, I'm not really for that to say. I'm not a statistician or whatever. But, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, they're, they're two just powerhouse games. Yeah, I I said that that took a little bit of effort, but it's true, you know, but when you talk about Fate of Atlantis, most people are going to say, oh, yeah, right on. If they've heard of it, they probably liked it. I mean, there's not a lot of people going around on the Internet saying, oh, man, what a shitty game that was. That's true. Yeah, nobody's out there (laughs) trying to take that game down a notch. So. It's like maybe a puzzle you didn't like it here or there, like a maze or something, but no, it's fine. And, and King's Quest Six too. I mean, you can't really complain. It's it's kind of a tricky game. If you mess up, like there's been a few times I've gotten to the point where I'm trying to deal with a nightingale and I have to restart because I've done some random thing in some random order and I'm completely soft locked out of going anywhere in the game and I don't know why. So King, King's Quest Six is kind of a little bit of a tricky game. Same uh, Dagger of Amun Ra is uh, not an easy game. It's actually a, it takes a while to play through, even if you know what you're doing. If you're paying attention and looking at clues, it's not an easy game. Out of all three of the ones I mentioned, uh, I find Quest for Glory probably the easiest one of the three, although uh, it has most depth of storyline. Hmm. So you think Quest for Glory 3 is easier than Fate of Atlantis? Uh, no, just of the three I mentioned. I think Fate oh, of Atlantis oh, right. is probably easier than any of them. Just a little. I mean, right. smoother, right? A little less convoluted. Uh, different paths you can take and a little bit more linear and straightforward. Yeah. Or you just say what half the listeners are thinking, which is, you know, of course, cause it's not a Sierra game. It makes, it makes <laughs> sense, you know? And you know what? We'll give you that. That's, that's fair enough. We, we, we love Sierra's imperfections too, but, but yeah, if it, I, yeah, that's true. I'm not sure if I can say it's, it's easier. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> it's it, it makes more sense. Cause you know, King's quest six is, 
you could complain about King's Quest Six. You you would mm-hmm. be right to do so. It's it's um, it's a King's Quest game, and and then Dagger mm-hmm. and Raz is pretty fair for a Sierra game, but it's 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 one of their hardest. So yeah, pretty fair, but try finishing it well. I mean, yeah, you can finish it. Sure, you could totally finish the game. Like I probably finished it on one of my first playthroughs too. But finish it well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. And yeah. King's Quest Six, you just have to get to the end. Points or no points, like I never get full points, anyways. But you know, if you can get to the end and not look up any hints, then you know, good for you. I think I played through this game without any hints, and I didn't get full points. But uh, I'm sure there's points I'd, that, like I said, it does block you out a little bit if you do something in the wrong order. So it's not entirely holding your hand. Right. Yeah. Well, all right. Here's here's a question for for, for these for these. Um... Let's say four games. So for for Fate of Atlantis, mm-hmm. King's Quest Six, Quest for Glory Three, and Dagger Vaman Ra. Let's go down them real quick and and go through like our f- our favorite and then least favorite part of of said game, right? Just sure. just just for fun, mix it up a bit. So so for Fate of Atlantis, what's what's your favorite part of that game? What's your best memory of it? Uh, well, the fact that it was a you could work with a a girl. I didn't understand that maybe she didn't have the best attitude back in the day. I thought she was great. I thought it was really cool that you could switch between partners. Yeah, Ah, that's a really good answer. And you came up with one really quickly, so I didn't have time to come up with my own. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say say the path thing, Mm -hmm. because by by the time I played Atlantis, I was already obnoxious. I was already a fan of Gold Rush and obnoxiously vocal about it. Even then, <laughs> so like, I, I was. I think I was waiting for another game to come out that would give me the past sort of you know feeling that Gold Rush did, and, and this this came along and, and took that and, and did it better, frankly, because um, mm-hmm. you, know, you it it's it's kind of three different games until you get to Atlantis, right? As far as mm-hmm. I recall, I think I think from like the entrance of Atlantis itself onwards, it's it's back to the same game, but like the whole second act. You could play three different times, and it's it's completely different. Like the the back, new background rooms, and like as a kid, like adventure games only have so many rooms. So like when you got to see like a new one that you didn't know was there, it's like a really big deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what? Ah, oh, especially uh, after going through it and having to figure it out yourself too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, four or five months later. Um, well, okay, it- I did some, I did some thinking on that, and uh, I knew. Okay, it's not that I didn't know there were three paths. It's that I understood that that I had to I could do it different ways, but that in my logic it was why would I want to do it any other way than the partner way? The other ones are probably just dumb ways anyways. Like so I knew there was alternatives. I just didn't understand that they were all viable alternatives. Ah, uh, nice. That was that was so eloquent. Yeah. That's exactly that's what I I would have said if I could say it in 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 good words, like you just done. Because and and for me, I always picked I always picked the one that I thought was right. I didn't know that the game would diverge that much. I kind of thought it would just adventure game you into choosing the one they wanted you to. You know, where it's mm-hmm. like the, the, the kind of like illusion of choice, and then in adventure games, often and you'll pick. Oh, okay, well, I'll just I'll just do this fighting, and and then they just have like something like a joke. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I'm bloody. We're not going to do that. And I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I just kind of assumed that they would all funnel me down the same the same pipe. 
It's not a yeah, saying. Yeah, it's different for a little while, but essentially it's not going to make any difference anyways. And it's probably yeah. going to be the same in like 10 minutes anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. See, you, you'll be the sense-making host for this episode once again. Slowly, <laughs> <laughs> the translator, if you will. Well, my co-host Paul here has been getting some renovations done here and there. So I don't know if anybody knows what that's like, but it uh, takes a significant portion of brain power and puts it over into that sort of thing. So I, I think yeah. you could be forgiven. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the fumes in my house right now are um, dangerous. yeah no that makes a lot more sense i appreciate you explaining that yeah exactly as as eloquently as you might have um all right so (laughs) so for for atlantis we just kind of got done refreshing the listeners that that we voted this like most likely to be a perfect game so maybe Mm -hmm. we could both take a pass on this for for atlantis but do you have a least favorite part uh I mean, forced arcade sequences. I always like it if I can bypass them, if I'm just trying to play the game for whatever reason. So that's about it. And it's not really a hate because it's to be expected with the games anyways. So it's not a big deal. I Yeah, I, uh, I, I guess I, I'll go with uh, this is like such a dick thing to do because I don't know. This game doesn't deserve it. But but if I just had to pick something, which I, I, I do because I said so, I, I told myself <laughs> to, it's it's the sundial puzzle is mm-hmm. is. The logic behind it's weird, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'll just confuse everyone and myself by trying to explain it. Yeah. But, like, the, the directional thing, it's – because the problem is I don't actually remember the details enough to explain it, like, coherently. But, but like, when, when they talk about north, it's, like, the stone has to stay facing the first direction it was in. And so, like, mm-hmm. you assume that it means south, so you turn it, but – Look, I, I predicted this would happen. <laughs> I'd find yeah. myself barely getting into it and confusing myself and everyone. Point is, the puzzle, the sandile thing was, you know, it could have been better, maybe. It's worthy of a YouTube video playthrough. Yeah, at least that section. All right, so for King's Quest, what's, what's bloody... This is this is kind of a larger menu. Um, what's, mm-hmm. what's your least favorite part of King's Quest Six? Ah, least favorite part. Again, it's uh, kind of what I uh, mentioned before, the fact that it can, you can accidentally do things in the wrong order. But otherwise, I kind of liked the game all the way through. Yeah, no, I did too. My my least favorite part, I think it's valid if not petty, but it would be (laughs) the disappointment of seeing the, the Minotaur. For the is it a minotaur? <laughs> he's, you know, he's got mm-hmm. a bull head. It doesn't matter. That he's mm-hmm. he's so he's so tiny. Like I I mm-hmm. I don't know why they didn't make the sprite bigger. Like I, obviously they wouldn't have predicted what the box art would look like, which is just the greatest box art, man. That that picture is just encapsulates like I want to tuck into an adventure game. Like I want to mm-hmm. I want to be that guy fighting this bull. I don't I, I don't even care. Just let's 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 get into it. Let's figure that story out. But then you walk in the room and you see him for the first time and he's he's like three pixels <laughs> taller than Graham. I mean than Alexander and it's it's mm-hmm. it's a bummer. It's a little bit of a bummer. Especially after all that maze, you know. Yeah, that was quite an ordeal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It really put us through a lot. And he's he's just a he's just a a guy with a bullhead. He's not <laughs> menacing. I don't know. So that was a bummer. Um all right, I positive. Guess so, and- Oh, sorry. oh, and I guess the cliffs of logic, because it's like, it's fine the first time you go through it and you go up and you're like, oh, this is kind of neat. And you got to look it up and you got to do it. But if you're doing any like subsequent playthroughs and you're like, oh, man, I got to do it again. Right. I mean, it's not a huge deal at all. Right. I mean, but maybe it was a little bit slower on old computers, but that's about it. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. I could I could probably nitpick this one like kind of a lot, but I do really like it. It was mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, okay. oh, and that's right. Speaking of positives, so what would be the, your favorite part of King's Quest? Oh, mine. Uh, well, I mean, I like uh, the uh, well. The garden is cute, right? And the, the plants oh, yeah, and the yeah. little dancing flowers, and I don't know the the chessboard amused me when I was younger, the whole concept. I mean, I know the guys were all snooty in that, but I like the idea. I, I kind of wish that you could have like had a chess based game in it. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it was cute. It was whimsical. It was fun. It was engaging. The characters were memorable, you know, the deal with the mint and the shop, you know, the glints in the eye, it's, you know, reminiscent of monkey Island in some ways, you know, it was, it was a neat game. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with I'll go with the um, Land of the Dead. That was that mm-hmm. was the art, I, primarily the art, but then also like the the, the storyline wise, I, I I feel like it was because um, I feel like it was like very Jane Jensen the, the 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 direction they took with with death himself and and like giving him like emotions like it was just really well written that that part of the mm-hmm. game really was was really well done. Um, so yeah, all right, and then let me just take longer than I thought. So now I'm rushing us through it. <laughs> <It's just laughs> it. I'm sorry, everyone. We're just, we're just, uh, we just did an episode on daggers. So just listen to that, and we probably said something, you know, at least once during <laughs> the episode. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Our answer to this question is on a previous episode. It's the teaser to get you to listen to that other episode. Yes, there we go. Yeah, thank you for doing the sense thing again. Yes, this was all a ruse. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm feeling like claustrophobically stuck on these games. So let's let's, let's pick another one. <laughs> well, we got one more because you haven't really played it, but I'm going to say Quest for Glory 3, and I'm going to say very quickly that uh, – the things I liked about Quest for Glory 3 is I had a place to put my import character from Quest for Glory 2, which is always extremely satisfying. <laughs> uh, and I learned how to play the, uh, what is it, the uh, the game with the stones, Awari, and that I learned how to play uh, that. I liked the little monkey menu. I liked the fight sequences. I think it was a very pretty game. I, I was upset that you couldn't type in it, but I got over it. So and and what's something I didn't like about the game? Well, I've said it before. I, I still wish there was more that you could have done. Yeah, yeah, I said it before, and I'm saying it again. And I still kind of do, even if it builds up the storyline and it all makes sense and it's wonderful. I just wanted to break into more shit. So. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. There's how I feel about Freddie Farkas. I just wanted to make more drugs. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was. Yeah, me too. That was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite enough to mix. Okay, okay. I know I just said that, that we got to get out of these games, but I just thought of a legit good question that I don't think I can answer, which is if you, if you had if you had to pick one of these two and use it as a game to get somebody who doesn't like adventure games into the genre to convince them they're worth their time, would you pick Dagger of Amon Ra or Fate of Atlantis? Oh, Fate of Atlantis, yeah. Okay, so you, yeah, you're going logical instead of emotional. I mean, that's that's yeah, yeah where I'm at. Where like it's just again, we called it a, a perfect game. You can't that that would be pretty much. But yeah, oh, God, it's just daggers. Just it's got it's got a lot of problems though. Mm-hmm. As great as it is. All well, right. I'm just okay. I'm trying to get my ten year old into games, and so and he's 
at home this year instead of going to regular school. So I'm like, okay, I want to pick an adventure game that he's going to be interested in and is not super hard and he's going to learn for it. Well, I picked Conquest of Camelot, which is a lovely game, but I realized as soon as it expanded into the world and he has to look at the map and he has to decide where to travel through and what to do, <laughs> that it is not one of the easier uh, Sierra yeah. games either, but I want to recommend it. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful game. And that's kind of how I feel. Do I give them that or do I say, hey, why don't you play a VGA Quest for Glory 1 or something? I mean, how do I make that decision? Do I want to be practical and really get him into games or do I just want to force him to like the Conquest of Camelot because it's educational and it is a good game, but it's probably not a good like beginner game. Ah, you know, it's so hard to rationalize this stuff, Paul. No, it is. It is. I went through the same thing where I'm like, do I, I, I really want my son to love a Sierra game, but if I want him to like an adventure game, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to go day of the technical or something. And, mm-hmm. and it did and it worked. <clears throat> and then mm-hmm. going through Sam and Max, but yeah, it's, it's tough <laughs> in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah that's yes. probably the perfect game for, for an eight year old to get into because mm-hmm. it captures the spirit of adventure. And, and hey, there's, there's movies too that where you could be like, all right, now, you know, this is your homework tonight. You got to watch, you got to watch the movie <laughs> and have a strong yeah. opinion on what your favorite is at the end. <laughs> I did is it is the game. Well, the game got me into the movies and then I was like the only one of my friends that were really into the movies. And I thought it was really cool because it actually gave my dad and I something we were both interested in together, watching Indiana Jones movies and stuff, which also in turn got me more into Sean Connery and some of his other movies and various other things. And, you know, it was great. All because of a game. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. This is stupid. On, on three, on three, say your favorite Indiana Jones movie. Okay. Ready? One, two, three, crusade. Oh, nuts. oh yeah. <laughs> No, that won't work. I have to look up names. It's been like 20 years since I've watched any. Okay. So, is it, you know, ideally you would have said the opposite name that I did at the same time. And and that would have been for maximum. Oh, like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, 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 exactly. That, that yeah. probably would have been the one I would have said. So if, if this was a recorded and edited medium, we could almost manipulate it to sound like that's what just happened. We almost could, but we might have to cancel that whole thing because it just makes me look like an idiot. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> who's she talking like she likes the movies and she's watched them but she doesn't know what her favorite one is i'm like what the indiana joan one with sean connery that everybody watched that i really liked and then i watched a bunch of other ones that's my well, answer in, in your defense it's there's three indiana jones movies asterisk mark and and like there's there's two of them and then there's the one with sean connery like that's that's a fair mm-hmm. way to split them up i'm with you <laughs> All right, all right. We have so many games in '92. Let's let's go to let's go to Dark Seed. Did you play Dark Seed? I did not. No, nice cover though. It is right. Okay, so so Dark Dark Seed was like a HR. I don't think I've said that out loud before. Geiger? Yeah. Geiger? Mm-hmm. Nope. Geiger. Okay. HR. Geiger. Geiger. I don't know. It's just like I know about a Geiger reading. Ah, uh, that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, listen. It's it's. It's uh, there's two of them, right? There, there's right, the second right. one, and, and it's a, uh, it's about old Mikey Dawson, as my mm-hmm. Wikipedia page finally loads. A uh, successful advertising executive who's who. This is sounding like I'm reading it from Wikipedia. All right, mm-hmm. all right. Well, listen, it's spooky. It's inspired by H.R. Geiger, who is I think behind Alien, but again, mm-hmm. I you know I am not a scholarly man. I'm not sure it was Alien. Okay, Wikipedia's mm-hmm. gone. Um, so if you like that cool you know, bio 
what do you call a biomechanical kind of horror, like, you know, pipes and tubes in and out of flesh and weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you Steampunk know, punk or other things or yeah, something. Yeah. Like maybe, right. It no. could be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, I've heard, I've heard the dark seas really, really, um, not just hard, but I believe I've heard it referred to as like illogical. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, like, and I hope if I'm wrong, you know, correct me because I, I so could be, but I feel like I, I remember a few people saying it was like one of one of the better examples for like the worst kind of adventure game stuff. You know, just mm-hmm. all the, all the things that uh, you know we we don't like. But I hope I, I don't know. I shouldn't just be like, hey, it might be terrible. Like I don't want to put that into the world. I'm sorry, guys. It might be great because I could have mm-hmm. heard that about any game, and I'm just mixing it up. So if you like the art style, play it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, you could play the second Leather Goddess of Phobos. The first one was a text game. Uh, so they did a graphic adventure that was terribly rated, but I'd love to have a big box of because, you know, it's a sexy game that that came out in that year. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually got the box for that. Like f- for some reason, I'm not really, I must, it must've been like one of those, it's, it's too cheap not to buy kind of moments, but mm-hmm. that game came on like 14 floppy disks like that that box Jesus, that, that box does weigh as much as like a small chihuahua it's it's uh, uh yeah it's a beefy one mm-hmm. i think with leather goddess of phobos again having not played it the the vibe i get from it um combined with like its lack of actual controversy is the fact that bloody i, I don't feel like they committed to being like an adult game Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm shooting from the hip here because I haven't played it, but I don't think that there's any nudity in it, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I mean. Where it's like, if we're gonna do this, let's just do it because Larry's already done it. Like it's already been established that that there's, you know, that that can be a thing. So I'm just saying, like, it would have been more fun if they just made it like, I guess, more true to itself, right? Because Leather Goddess of Phobos is a, is a raunchy game, the first one, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. for the time. So it's like, you know, if you're going to do it graphically, just just go for it. You know, kids aren't playing it anyway. No, <laughs> I mean, kind of nobody's not. playing it, so it's just, yeah, maybe you should have. Yeah, it's like, are you trying to be Space Quest or are you, I don't know, what's it trying to be? I guess it really tried to go really sci-fi still, but more more graphics and potential nudity but no actual nudity i think unless i'm wrong like somebody that's actually played the game might know better <laughs> yeah yeah that's very fair yeah this is this is this is a fi- the fictional segment of the show we just make things up for a while but but <laughs> <laughs> but i think that i think that uh i just i don't know I, like that your thing is being like raunchy and blah 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 like the first one was so just you know what? You know what happened? They 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 took a good idea like the first one, and like let's give it graphics, and then they made it for like prime time. You know, mm-hmm. they, they cut all the bad words. I, that that's again, that's fiction. They might they very well might not have, but it just feels super vanilla. But enough about <laughs> things. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> the audacity, honestly, for me to say it feels vanilla and have never played it. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I think somebody that's actually played it should definitely write in and correct us or tell us we're entirely correct and well done. I mean, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just 
10 out of 10 going in blind. That would be amazing if we knocked it out of the park by accident. <laughs> We've given you lots of disclaimers. You know, that was, that's us just, just saying words, you know, it's nice mm-hmm. to just cut free from the responsibilities of hosting and just, you know, just make shit up for a minute. It's great. <laughs> Speaking of making shit up, another game I haven't played, but that I presume is at least a little bit sexy is uh, Rex Nebular and the Cosmic Gender Bender, which is another game that I believe got pretty terrible reviews back in the day. Yes, I've not heard much positive about this, but I also haven't really heard much at all about it. It seems like <laughs> seems like one a lot of people skipped. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, I, I there's a real Roger Wilco vibe about Rex on the cover art. Like it just mm-hmm. it 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 screams unoriginal to me. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it, as opposed to like, hey, we're allowed to do a game in space also and not have it automatically space quest it looks more like i think we'll sell this if it looks like space quest because <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like i mean he's even he's he's wearing well all right in his defense he actually never mind that was going to be one of the stupider things i ever said on this podcast <laughs> what was it we'll never know all right i'll just say it yeah i was going to say he's wearing a blue version of roger's uniform um <laughs> but in space quest 5 which you know came out <laughs> Uh, later, so, later, yeah. So Roger mm-hmm. was actually wearing his. Doesn't matter. Listen, <laughs> somebody, nobody's copying anybody here. Let's just move on. Yeah, exactly. Play, play that if you want to. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it looks a inconsistent. If I'm looking at screenshots, it does look a little inconsistent. Uh, that just the graphics from scene to scene seems like a kind of a bit of a mishmash. It's almost like a Lucas Arts ish looking game as far as like uh the way you uh interact with it yeah yeah oh, I, i'm wondering if it's like a mashup of of zach mccracken and, and space quest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it's just yeah i don't know it's giving me such a such a rippy offy kind of vibe but and the, the plot sounds you know that sounds fine he's uh, the bumbling bachelor rex nebula has been hired by colonel stone to retrieve a vase that holds sentimental value for a civilization, pretty much. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm emotionally invested now. I, for me, the reading that was like a, just a charisma vacuum. It just, <laughs> it just destroyed my motivation, and and uh, yeah, it made me sad. But pretty, pretty sure you just got this game on the nose too, so we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> That will do. All right. Yeah, never played it. Maybe it's great. All right. Next mm-hmm. next we got what I think is one of the most beautiful games, adventure games anyway, of all time, which is um, this real wordy. The Lost Files of Sherlock Holmes, The Case of the Serrated Scalpel. Mm. Yeah, my dad liked those game. games. It's the only Sherlock Holmes game um, that has any appeal to me at all, basically. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think it was there was another one another Sherlock adventure game in 1992 um called uh Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective Volume 2 and if you if you were to pull up a screenshot of that I feel like you would if you didn't have nostalgia for the game and if you do mm-hmm. your your defense right now is is just and I'm sorry <laughs> but if you don't you would look at the picture of the screenshots and be like oh yeah I don't want anything to do with that mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, what was the one I'm looking at? Consulting detective? Wait. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the first one in the list we're looking at. The first of the Sherlock's. 
Um, but it's, um, I don't know. It's definitely, uh, see, it's, the FMV crowd will probably disagree because it, mm. it, it is, it's FMV, but in, it's, you know, this is 92. So like FMV in the sense that there's like short, uh, short clips. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that really counts as FMV or not. Oh, the other one's nice. Serrated Scalpel is like the adventure game one. Okay, cool. I actually don't think I've played this one. Oh, it looks very pretty. Yeah, this game's really just gorgeous. Like I, I to this day I'm I I'd be hard pressed to find a better looking adventure game than the Serrated Scalpel. It's it's just incredible. And actually, um Francisco Gonzalez of Grundasov Games uh pointed out on Twitter that that uh, this was the only game he he had recollection of of doing, uh, like uh, going to the the depths of of having an entire entire act play out in a theater just in the background, like like <laughs> just, just to be authentic, to be like this is what would be happening right now. So we'll just go ahead and you know animate the whole thing, <laughs> which is just crazy <laughs> respectable. Um, and I just I think it goes to show like the attention for detail this whole team had when they made <laughs> this game. And it's, it's a very like story based wow. game, um, which I think is is really nice and and often refreshing when it's more just like, especially if you know it's story based in the sense that like it's not very puzzly. It's it's you know it can be um, along for the ride kind of feeling. And it's but, unfortunately not available on Steam or GOG. Is that correct? Uh, probably. Yeah. It looks like it is not. You sound confident. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking around. Oh, there we go. It's on the wish list. Damn it. Ah, yeah, I hate that, right? I always get excited, like a new thing got released. Yeah, yeah, me too. Oh, well. Works on ScumVM, guys, so I'm sure y'all can figure it out. Go go buy a copy and then buy a floppy (laughs) drive and then get some old software and then get the disk images. (laughs) Or, um, or, yeah, Hmm. there is no or. That is the only way you'll ever play this. <laughs> I wish I had a solution for you that took like four seconds and it's magically on your hard drive, but I don't. So Mm-mm. yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. Work right. on that. Here's one. This is how I'm going to do a segue. Check this out. Here's one Ooh. you can get for free. So <laughs> it was a lot worse than I thought it was going to be is Laura the Temptress. Because ScumVM, mm-hmm. speaking of Hannah, ScumVM.org, head over there and you can download it because the creators voluntarily released the, you know, the word mm-hmm. for that, <laughs> the they copyright, did. the trademark, they, which is so cool of, of uh, Revolution to do that. Revolution being the developers, which I think I'm right. Um, I am. That's really cool of them. And they did the same thing for Beneath the Steel Sky. You can get the original, mm-hmm. at least floppy version on ScumVM as well. Full games, not just, you can also get the demos, but not just the demo. And it's just cool of them to be like, you know, people still like these instead of holding on to the, you know, $12 a year we make. Let's just, let's just <laughs> let it go to the community. And, and I'm sure thousands of more people, or at least hundreds, have played that mm-hmm. because of that. So anyway, but yeah, Lower the Temptress. I've not played yeah. it. I've heard it's a beautiful game. Kind of like the graphics are reminiscent. If I were to compare it to anything, I'm just looking at screenshots because I haven't played it. It's like almost like Golden Axe in some ways. Yeah, it is a little bit. The sprites, especially these these, these muscly dudes, <laughs> little muscly boys. Um, yeah, they are. Yeah, I don't know. I I 
my memory is almost good enough to give you guys something specific on this game, but but alas, I just I remember watching a YouTuber um, talking about what he didn't like about it, and, and it had something to do with a timing problem, like a like a logic problem in, in the in the programming, not not some things mm-hmm. like a DOS box could fix. Um, I think it had to do with with a sidekick constantly showing up, it literally in your way. Mm-hmm. And not being able to open doors and stuff, but like to, to when I was watching the, his walkthrough, his playthrough, it was uh, to a, to an almost unacceptable degree. Like it was more mm-hmm. annoying than maybe I'm making it sound like. Like, well, he's just in the way you move left and right, and he's gone. But it, it was not like that. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's free, and I'd like to play it one day because Revolution makes good games. So mm-hmm. I got faith in it. <laughs> I believe um, you. Yeah. <laughs> what do you what do you uncover next? You got one. Back in Wolfenstein 3D came out in uh, 1992. Yeah, that's that's one I, that's a non-adventure game I love. So you know, <laughs> let's, let's let's say words about that, right? It's um, it's it's you, great. That Nazis are bad, so this game is good. Yes, yeah, exactly. And and <laughs> everybody likes you know killing Nazis. I mean, at least virtually. I, I, I love how I love how he gets beat up. I love I always I got such a kick out of the little icon of the guy in this game. I really like the cheat codes. <laughs> As a kid, like I, I was I was not into the, the notion of, of earning it. Like these games mm-hmm. didn't hold my attention enough to be like, I'm gonna earn this. Instead I was mm-hmm. like, I will hit all the cheat codes and play for seventeen minutes a weekend. And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. especially Especially uh, Wolfenstein and then probably um, Doom. But, Doom. But yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just the Duke Nukem too. I, I did like that one for a while too. To be fair. Hmm. Yeah, I liked them all for a while, but like I don't keep coming back to them in my thoughts. But yeah, cheating and, and just blasting through and killing shit is good. I liked it. Yeah, and as, as a young Jewish boy, I really enjoyed, you know, giving myself unlimited everything and killing Nazis. <laughs> it was yeah, that's totally fair. <laughs> I heard it works for non-Jews too, you know? <laughs> yeah. People. I have Jewish background in my uh, family, father and stuff, grandfather. So, you know, it felt good for me too. But I bet it felt good for you, no matter what your, you listeners, backgrounds are. So she was actually looking right into the camera. You just didn't. <laughs> I pointed and everything. There was, there was a thing. <laughs> there is no camera too. If you're like, wait, is there a video version? <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. There's no yeah, camera. No, the, no, no. It ain't fucking, thank God. Episode. No, yeah, no. I got you. Yeah. Um, all right. So okay. this is, I think this is the last one I've played. And hey, we're we're gonna come back and do a non-adventure game in a minute, probably. Like, right? Because mm-hmm. we should we should do that. But but in the meantime, I'm running low on the ones that I've played on this list. So I'm just gonna dip back into that real quick. And I don't believe you played this one, Anna, but it's the legend of Cry of Cry Cry Randia. Cry. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always used to say Kyrandia, but I think somebody corrected me and said that I was incorrect, but I don't remember how. Kyrandia or Ki? Why would it be yeah. Ki? Kyrandia. There's no R before the Ky. Y. Ky- I don't know. Cause... I think we're overcomplicating it. Kyrandia. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. I think I'm overcomplicating I didn't mean to drag you into this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I'm, uh... I'm an accomplice just by being here, so I, you know, it's all right. Um, I, I, this is a lot of people love this game, so I'll just keep this brief because I did not. It's um, 
it's one of the most beautiful games ever made. I know I just said that, beating this phrase to death with with Sherlock Holmes a second ago, but like this 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 might even be better. I think this one's more like uh, popularly regarded as you know something you couldn't argue is probably if somebody said it was the best, you'd be like, yeah, fair enough, because it's mm-hmm. it's peak. It is peak pixel art. It is absolutely gorgeous, and it's it's gorgeous enough to have kept me playing it, even though I was having just no fun at all it's it's mm-hmm. there's a maze in this game that lasts you know years like it's just <laughs> the entire second act is is basically oh, a maze. And like Brilliant. it's not even lit you have to like take a certain you have to take berries with you and plot them out because if the berries aren't lit and you walk into a dark room then you get killed <laughs> so it's it's not just a gigantic maze and, and it's almost like they took the idea of like a fast travel map, you know, like, like, cause the maze is kind of the central of, of the area and you use different routes in the maze to get different places. It's almost like a, the idea of like taking a fast travel map with your destinations marked on them and being like, Hey, let's make it just crazy difficult for them to get to the destinations. Cause that's, <laughs> that's how it feels. It just, it's so, I just, I don't know. I, I'm not original in having like a, a mini thought rant thing on, on mazes, but like, at least at least understand if you're going to use a maze just understand that you're doing it to like make the game run longer or something with some oh, self awareness yeah. don't don't kid yourself into thinking it's for the player's enjoyment at all Mm-mm. and so anyway i just i kind of don't get why it's so well regarded when the real reality is is that you spend all right let me try not to exaggerate cuz I, I exaggerate all the time cuz frankly it's it's really fun but but without exaggerating, I'd say you spend at least 30% of the game in the maze. Hmm, man, really? I'm already sweating. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's my little rant. But otherwise, it's totally gorgeous. And I, I, I liked it. I liked it. Because you know what? To be fair, I got a walkthrough like 20 minutes into the maze. <laughs> and it still took hours with the walkthrough because walkthroughs only go so far with mazes, right? Like it's, you know, but um, with the walkthrough, it, the maze becomes kind of bearable, still super annoying. And then the whole, mm-hmm. the game as a whole is worth it. Like it's well written. It's well done. I would play it as opposed to not, but dear God, just, you know, I wish somebody warned me about the maze. All right. Then that's, <laughs> that's what I'm doing for you. So, okay, next we're good. I'm done. We're good. Sorry for yelling. No. That's that's good. No, it's a pretty game. Yeah, I've seen it streamed. It's it's really quite something to see. Yeah, yeah, it was gorgeous. Hmm. Um, all right, yeah, here's one so... we've, we've both played. We've we've both oh, okay. played. Uh, Puppet joins the parade. Have yes. we not? Uh, nice. Yes, we definitely have. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't like, I wasn't like, oh my God, there's these putt-butt games. Here I am, a grown-up. I need to rush out and get them. But I had a child and I was like, oh my God, here's this putt-butt game. And I, I was talking to Paul briefly about it before the episode, but the games from Humongous Entertainment, kind of like these kids ones were all like set for age groups. So uh, yeah, the putt-putt games were great. They were all kind of done in the order of easiest to hardest when you were looking at humongous entertainment as a whole as far as like that little series of game goes so you know your kid is new to that stuff you've got your putt putt and your uh your freddy fish 
actually, yeah, I think I'm going to put it in that order. Putt, Putt and Freddie Fish are kind of the easiest. And then you're getting into Pajama Sam, which is a little bit more difficult. And then you get into Spy Fox, which is there's a little bit more trouble uh, shooting and, and some math and stuff. But yeah, the Putt Putt games were great. And uh, Putt Putt Joins the Parade was the first one of the little yeah. series. It was, and I would also like to talk around it, but not about this specific <laughs> game. Because <laughs> my, my biggest standout is just having to admit that that I actually had to look up um, an answer or two on on one of the Pajama Sand games with Stromer. Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not good at these games. I just enjoy them. I definitely <laughs> definitely needed just I needed some help. I, I think in my defense, part of it was also feeling rushed to keep his attention. But <laughs> still, like you know, I I, I you know had a little. How little trouble there with uh, thunder and lightning, our noise frightening. It's just mm-hmm. a doozy of a, of a puzzle. But um, anyway, Putt Putt is fine. It's the one that my mm-hmm. son doesn't like, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first one, and he's like a car, and he's like a little kid, and he has a dog. Ruff, ruff, and he's sitting in the back, and you kind of have dog. to use your car in conjunction with your dog and the world to accomplish tasks and figure out puzzles. So it's cute. It's fine. Like it's not yeah. as good as Pajama Sam. It's better than Freddy Fish, and it's easier than Spy Fox. Yeah, exactly. But you know, don't don't rush out to. Personally, I think Pajama Sam is the the strongest of them all. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. like I, I I had a good time with that. It's like like when you go to a good kids movie where it's like mm-hmm. I mean I wouldn't have gone myself, and I'm not going to say it's a good movie, but I didn't mind sitting through it. Like the Pajama mm-hmm. Sam, is, it's 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 in that pocket. Yeah, right in that middle age group. I'm not quite old enough for Spy Fox yet. Those ones were too hard. But Pajama <laughs> Sam is right in the middle, and I'm like, I'm right there. It's perfect. Yeah, it's a good way to feel really smart if like nobody told you it was a kids game because it's it's not that easy. <laughs> you know, it would just be easy enough to feel like you're nailing it. <laughs> exactly. Not worth playing. Check it out, especially if you have a kid, or only if you have a kid, maybe. But uh, you know, good games. It is, and I, I think I think adventure games are, are genuinely good for kids. Obviously, moderation and disclaimers and whatever. But, but it, I, I really like watching my son play those games because you can see him. He's he's learning like how to think instead of what to mm-hmm. think, and it's cool to watch mm-hmm. that. You know, it's, it's, it's school is important and blah blah blah. But it's you know, it's easy for kids to be told what to think. So it's nice to see them sit down and 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 um, you know learn how to. So that, that's mm-hmm. my that's my. Oddly sincere PSA for the episode. <laughs> um, okay, okay. I got another game that uh, came out this year that I really do want to play. Um, I don't think I've said that about a game yet. I've either been like, I just haven't, or here's the deal. Um, is Star Trek 2, or sorry, Star Trek 25th Anniversary. Mm-hmm. Really want to play this yeah. game. I've wanted to play it for a while, and I haven't haven't had a chance to, but it's just... Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I, I I'm a big sci- like sci-fi kind of person. I, I favor sci-fi heavily over fantasy. Let's say, um, mm-hmm. had a lot of like bloody King Arthur and Camelot, round tables and sharp knives stories and forests and and just a lot of that in like children's stuff growing up. So I'm kind of like good on that. I'd rather do the space thing. But um, mm-hmm. but this game look it looks really cool. Like it's just it, it encapsulates like the. The era, the era, the time, like, yeah, I like, I feel like I've played it even though I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a beautiful game that I've also never played. And I think I have, I don't know, I have a book or I have some documentation from the game, but I don't think I actually have the big box from this one. I didn't, uh, didn't play it. Didn't even know about it really. Uh, I wouldn't have, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have even known it was an adventure game. Like it doesn't exactly make that obvious, you know, on the front. 
So. No, it it doesn't. And I, I know there's a fair amount of time spent on, on, you know, bloody deck or whatever, mm-hmm. but like most of the screenshots, even now, just a quick Google shows you, shows you in the captain's chair. Um, mm-hmm. But, it, but a large part of the game, from what I understand, cause I did, I did read up on this one before we record him from what I understand, there's, um, you know, it, at least ha- half of the rest of the game is, is open, more open, you know, walking around to more typical adventure game. But you're right, like they don't kind of advertise it that way as, mm-hmm. as a traditional point and click game, which it is. Um, but yeah, I want to I get tucked into that. The Judgment Rights, not in 92, but the other Star Trek game also looks really cool. So mm-hmm. yeah, I need to get into that one there. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Uh, I think if I jump onto consoles for a second, uh, three games would stick out to me right away. That'd be Final Fantasy V, Super Mario Kart, and Sonic 2. So. Uh, Final Fantasy V, I didn't play until a year or two ago. It was actually really tricky. I got a little bit bogged down in having to train up so many different types of character classes. So I'm like, okay, I have this person ready as a white mage, but now I got to train him as something else. So that was a little bit much. Uh, Mario Kart is always fun. We still play it. I still have the game. And Sonic 2, I have it on my phone. (laughs) It's fun. I also have it on the Sega too, but I don't pull out the Sega as often. As one wouldn't, because it's, you know, on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Have you played any of those three, Paul? Uh, all of them, yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, don't, I won't complain about any of them, except for the first <laughs> one, which I think I forgot. What was the first one? Uh, Final Fantasy V. Yep, that's why I forgot it. I, I tune out whenever somebody says Final Fantasy. Just, it, I have nothing against it because I've never played it. Like, I, I, I sincerely don't want to... Sincerely, this time, I don't want to offend anybody because I've just never played it. But for for my for my like brain and taste or whatever, I just when I see games that look like that or hear certain game names like it, I just I just tune out. I just don't. I'm good. Maybe I'm missing out on the love of my life, and I'll never know. But you know, that's your sweet revenge for me saying this stuff. <laughs> oh, maybe. I mean, the first one of those like I ever really got into was Final Fantasy VII. I think. And and I think it was because it was hyped up. I mean, it was the first really North Americanized Final Fantasy game, but it didn't come out in 92, I think. So it was five, okay. which is the one we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is the fifth one. Yes. <laughs> Go, Paul. You've played Mario Kart. When did you yeah. play Mario Kart? I still, I play, I played Mario Kart last week, but it was the new one nice. on the week. <laughs> But the old the old one I did play pro- probably the most. The new it, one on the Wii. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I slipped that in there. Nice. Um, no, the weird secret side of me that I, that never comes out on the podcast is that that I I I, I secretly love MotoGP, which is which is motorcycle road racing, and so I do play a lot of motorcycle racing games. I just never talk about them because Anna and Rick don't care, which is fair enough. Um, <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's, yeah, I like, I get it. <laughs> I don't know why I, I got into it, but I did. And, and like, I get that it's a, you know, it's just not, it's not interesting if they're not into it. I'm not going to like knock on your door and tell you about the good word. It's just, it's just fine. It's just a weird thing I like. So anyway, I, I do tend to get stuck into racing games, um, which is generous to call Mario Kart, but I mean, at its core. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. one day, maybe one day we could do like an episode and cover like, you know, uh, Road Rash and, and, um, I went right to the bike one, the bloody outrun and uh, what's mm-hmm. the need for speed. 
We should mm-hmm. we should one day do. A, I don't know. You're saying mm-hmm, like I don't. I don't. No, know. I, I mean I I love Need for Speed. I, I love uh, Hot Pursuit and High Stakes. And I used to be really really good at, at Need for Speed too. Uh, the side by side, you know, head to head racing and stuff too. So yeah. no, I totally would do an episode on those games. I love them. Okay. I'm I'm um, going mm-hmm, yeah, but I'm I'm totally here. Yes. Awesome. Ah, oh, it reminds me of Twisted Metal for some reason. There's a box truck outside. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to play that one too. I think yeah, I have a small one. box or something, or I have some version of that game around somewhere. That was so much fun. All right, sorry. What were we talking about? That wasn't Twisted Metal and racing games. Well, really, oh, Mario so Kart. Yeah, Mario like Kart. It. It's good, and and Sonic too. You've played that, so. Yeah, exactly. That was that was probably the the last Sonic I I loved. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think I stopped well, caring after that. <laughs> There was an, I like the other one because it was like Sonic and I like the one with Sonic and Knuckles and you could like climb walls. And that was kind of yeah, fun. I didn't make it there. I didn't make it. I'm not no. saying it's bad. I just, yeah, I, I think I had broken my console or lost interest by that point. <laughs> not like in a rage. I just, I break things off and I'm again, not in a rage. I'm just an irresponsible, unorganized person. So things yeah, no, that, that happens. I, I broke at least two different things on the weekend alone. So, yeah, I didn't realize like like you can't just say I broke my Sega. Like it definitely is going to sound mm-hmm. like a gamer ragey thing if you don't <laughs> you know, correct that. I, I mean, it might. Okay. Anyway, another another quick point I wanted to make because I'm just I'm just shoehorning this in now because I'll probably forget it. So I'm just going to say it is looking at the year of '92 in adventure games. It's it's really clear that this was like the the big boom of like the third the um. I don't know, second tier brands coming to the front, the, the not Sierra and LucasArts. Like the, the, mm-hmm. it really seems like this year you've got, um, you've got dark, uh, dark seed, KGB, um, Amazon guardians, leather goddesses gets a pass. That's Infocom. I mean, they weren't graphic, mm-hmm. but they were there first. Um, and then you got, uh, like the lost files of Sherlock Holmes, the, the really good looking one, which is from EA of all people. Um, mm-hmm. there was ring world revenge of, uh, something, the patriarch, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Curse of Enchantia. That's that's the one that gets a lot of love from those who've played it. Um, Bargain Attack. There's there's just a lot of like um, a lot of companies that I think were just like, oh, there's money in adventure games right now. So let's you know, <laughs> let's make one. And and there's just all these bizarre, you know, uh, again like second second tier brand names or you know brand, uh, companies with less experience, let's say, making them pop into the fore mm-hmm. and making some some. Uh, hits and misses. Mm-hmm. Some, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's KGB with none other than Donald Sutherland. He's the bloody darling of the Sutherland family. Yeah, he really, he's one of the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say I've got the Ringworld uh, Revenge of the Patriarch big box. I, I've not played it. Hmm. Um, I've, I've, that, that one gets, I think that one is... Um, like unarguably terrible. I've never heard anything good about it. Like just- <laughs> I've never even heard of it until we started talking about it 30 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just let yourself quickly forget it soon after. Cause it's apparently oh, geez. floating you- animal heads in the sky. What the hell is happening here? Yeah. It's based on the ring world books by uh, Larry Nevin uh-huh. and or yeah, Nevin, the probably Nevin. but, um, and uh, that's what I was going to say. The big box actually came with the book. So that was like oh. legit, like a legit eight pound box because there was that's mm-hmm. the theme of the episode. You know, Pee Wee Herman kind of wow. scream. Uh, I'm not doing it. I'm not committing to the scream. But yeah, it came it came you know obviously <laughs> with the with the nine floppy disks and then and then uh just a thick old novel. 
Wow. I've That's engaged impressive. with neither. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, all right, I think I wore myself out. I'm done. Do you do you, you want to talk about not not more non adventure stuff? Let's do one more non adventure. What's Yeah. Well hang on. What one came out? Did Dune One come out in ninety two? Let's see. Oh, okay. Dune came out in 1992. That's one dimension because A, I'm playing it right now on recommendation from Rick and B, I, uh, I just got the book that goes with uh, the Dune as well. So, oh, that's right. I, I agreed to play that too. That was homework uh, for mm-hmm. a thing. You know, I'm just tapping mm-hmm. my nose. You know, this is yeah. for a thing for the show maybe. All right. Yes, maybe, maybe, maybe. So, but anyways, yeah, yeah good game. It also Can't came out in 1992. <laughs> and yeah, it, and and it's a it's a game where you basically mine for spice and then do like sort of like adventure like text based interactions, and you get to walk around to different areas. And the graphics are beautiful as long as you love 92 graphics, which I do. So, I think I think he's using our our love for Gold Rush against us. He's like, oh, you like mining? All right, go mine for bloody spice then for four hours. In the That's desert. right. There's a lot of spice mining. It's definitely all about the spice. It's kind of <laughs> neat. I guess it's a lot more strategy than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not making it any easier for you to want to play <laughs> no. it, am I? <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Yeah. Oh, and Mortal Kombat one, which was we all love because yeah. you got to do finishing moves. That was also ninety two. Yes, I I I, I told tell of, of how when we played Street Fighter two, probably the last year we covered, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I just would choose Blanca because you could just smash the, the the B button or the left button and, and elect you know electrocute people if they jumped on you. And I did the, I kind of did the same thing with Mortal Kombat where I just picked Sub Zero and got down the mm-hmm. little bottom. I don't know. By muscle memory, if I'm probably wrong, mm-hmm. it feels like down, up, and a button. Yeah, down, up, button. Just quick down, up. I can feel my f- sweaty yeah, finger exactly. rolling across the keypad as we're talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sliding between the fray, all, all scaly and slithery. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like there's a point where it's helpful, but then it's a point where it's too much. You got to wipe it off to eat your snack and then wipe it off again and then go back. So. That's the problem. The snack lubricates the situation. So all of a sudden, That's, you got grease in your, your finger and the grease from the chips are hydroplaning. That's <laughs> right. Exactly. You're licking your fingers. It's just making things worse. You know, it's just, ah, uh, yeah, the 90s were great. <laughs> yeah, it gross. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Mortal Kombat's great. I'm glad, I'm glad mm-hmm. that. Is there any, oh, there's, there is another one. I was going to say, let's, let's make sure we say all the things that we could get yelled about for not saying, because... There's a mm-hmm. few games if you don't say them, it's like, and I get it because you know, I'll sometimes I'll listen to to shows or watch a, a YouTube video because I'm like, I just want to see the my thing in the list. Like, oh, I mm-hmm. can't wait till they mm-hmm. mention the thing I like. And if if they don't, it's it's a bummer. So I get it. So it we're is. gonna try and we're gonna try and cover this. So there's there's two I'm gonna cover real quick. One is I think more like cult classic, which is weird because this whole genre is pretty niche to begin with. But the Journeyman Project, that's a game mm. that gets a lot of love. Um, and if you are a fan of the Journeyman Project, um, which I feel like was like a Mac game before anything else, I could be wrong about that. It doesn't matter. If you're a fan of it, I know that the latest, the new version of Scum VM, which is uh, you can you can get now in like a, a daily build, but but it'll be officially released really soon. Um, will support mm-hmm. Journeyman Project, which is cool. Um, and then we've got to mention and. Uh, 
this is this is actually Anna's doing because I I wouldn't have even thought of it. She she asked me about this before the show, so I'm this is, this is, I'm saying it for you is Alone in the Dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was a, a surprisingly good game for its time that I think you and Rick have chatted about before. But good game. Yeah, a lot of fun. Oh, and the, I love how in the big box it comes with that little tiny chunky book. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Got this little tiny like, and it's just it's just so adorable. It's it's the mm-hmm. the cutest book. It's it's you know what I mean. Some of you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I never had the big box for. Well, maybe I did, but my dad traded it in. But I do remember playing it. Yeah, I used to take the book with me to school. Aww. You know, because I feel like as a kid, you always needed that one little fidget thing. You know, obviously pre-smartphones, so you need something to do when, like, you know, you had a second mm-hmm. to not be, you know, paying attention. And that was my thing for a week. <laughs> ah, what a nice story! All that right, is, uh, that's very cute. Oh, what about spellcasting three hundred one? I have the big box for one hundred one and two hundred one, but not three hundred one, which is again kind of like a text game, but with more. Yeah, I'm looking now. Right, okay. So it's just like the first two, really, in that sense. Exactly. Yeah, no, nothing yeah. against those two. I do. I like the. I like the idea of them. I never really. I just never mm-hmm. played one. They're hard. They're really hard. Look at all those adjectives and verbs and yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a big list. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I'm just going to say things now in case I missed anything. <laughs> Gateway Inca, um, which was published by Sierra, and it's just. You know, 3D before they had any business <laughs> selling a 3D game. It shouldn't have cost mm-hmm. money. It's so true. Just, you know. Um, oof. Well, yeah. All right. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, in the game's defense, it's, uh, it's not that 3D. I think I was thinking of a different <laughs> game. <laughs> but there are, there are a few scenes where, where they, they commit to it. And it's, uh, it's the yeah. cutscenes probably that you're thinking right. about, maybe. Okay. It's like mixed with um live action. So like, you know, mm-hmm. just the worst green screen in front of the worst 3D. Uh didn't age mm-hmm. well. The moral of that story. Okay, next because I'm almost done. There's nightshade, plan nine. No, it is three D. Yeah, it's yeah, the cutscenes and stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry, right. I'm back behind you here. But no, it's no, I what I remember. It. It's it's weirdly three D in a weird way though, yeah. Yeah, I lost confidence in myself at some point, so I'm glad no, you, you stepped were there. in. You're like, all right. Yeah, um, you're there. There's Bargain Attack. That looks really interesting. I'm kind of into it. It's um, it's a cyberpunk game. Uh, it's done mm-hmm. by Cocktail, people who did uh, Goblins and uh, Fascination and surprising mm-hmm. amount of other ones. Um, well. Thank you. Yes, mm-hmm. that was exactly what I wanted. Um, but it's it's uh, it looks cool. It looks different. It's definitely mm-hmm. a, little, a little cyberpunky. The graphics are almost like a little console-y. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I'll say on this. Goblins 2. I think we're done here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a pretty good overview of the, uh, of the year. What about uh, you? What games did you enjoy from 1992? And I will be out there on Facebook and Instagram and probably on Twitter, and, and we're going to be asking you that question. So I'm hoping that uh, some of you are going to bring up games we didn't bother to mention, forgot about, or didn't spend enough time talking about. Yeah, that was so smooth. I thought you asked me that. And I'm like, dude, I would, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just spent a sizable amount of time explaining to you. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I ruined it, but it's yeah. Sorry, it really caught me off guard. Well done. So it's, you know, so so <laughs> so I'm just gonna. Oof, sorry about this, everyone. I really <laughs> really ruined a good thing. All right. Well, 
All right, buddy, come join the discussion. Join the community on Facebook um, with the Classic Gamers Guild. Come say hello on Facebook. It's a really fun community. It's a lot of really nice people. So, you know, you know the deal. Just you go to the thing and you find Classic Gamers Guild. That's just going to be a theme that you'll notice as I go forward. It's a lot of <laughs> go to the place and find us. So, Instagram at CGG Podcast at Twitter. Do us a tweet. Say hello at CGG Podcast. Uh, send us an email if you like. Mail at Classic Gamers Guild. Love getting your emails. Sincerely, it's 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 downright exciting. Um, and and kind of that's like little woo. Like you make a little little feminine noise. Like, like uh, all right, uh, you know that was. I'm gonna regret that. <laughs> I'm gonna regret that. Okay, so buddy, become a Patreon if you want. Yeah, that sounded bossy at first, but just become a Patreon if you want to. Um, that'd be awesome. But most importantly is the thank you to those who are patrons. Really, really appreciate you guys and love you and thank you. It means a lot. It really does. And, and morally speaking too, where it's like, all right, you know, they, they think it's good enough. So that's, that's awesome. Um, we love you guys. And then uh, special thanks to those in the extra special thanks tier, which is um, Una and Gus, Jay Holmes and Mark Fillion. Love you guys. I hope you're still in the special thanks tier. Cause honestly, I haven't looked at it in a week or two. <laughs> You know, if one of you is not, suddenly we get it, and we still love you. Um, check out Mark Fillion's game, uh, Chinatown Detective Agency, on Steam. You can download the demo, but please at least wishlist it uh, while you're there. Bloody wishlist our game, Phantom Fellows. That would mean a lot to us, too. I know it's a very needy part of the show, but this is where, you know, this is the, the checks and balances. This, this is the price. So <laughs> thank you, you know, thank you for listening. And don't do murder.